Welcome back to another episode of the Two Muds Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Marshall. I'm joined by my other co-host, Ryan Petrovich. Petro, how's it going? It's going good, man. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. We've been, fuck, we've been busy and this and that. So it's nice to just get on and chat for a bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll start wrapping things up. Uh, obviously, um got some new gear and uh you know to record with and just everything seems to be a little bit more better um you know obviously we haven't recorded since december so now we schedule is a bit more free so we're gonna bang out some interviews here um got got some good ones coming up but uh how uh how are how's things been good man just trying to survive it's nothing to fucking do there's no sports there's just nothing yeah <laughs> I, started no. I started renoing my bathroom because it gives me something to do but yeah, yeah with no sports and hockey it's she's a tough one yeah i seen you rip uh rip that bathroom apart there it took you yeah. a, whole, a whole two hours so two hours man yeah. <laughs> 20 seconds if this was if this was union work man that'd be a six hour job <laughs> exactly <laughs> gotta get safety and everything yeah. Um, so with uh, different times, we're in a different, uh, our new normal is a different normal. So, uh, you know, at, but to where, where do you stand on everything right now? Do you think, uh, yeah, I guess we'll start with hockey because, you know, we're going to cover hockey. We're going to cover other sports on this podcast uh, for people that don't listen. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff we'll do. We're going to change it up a bit here. But uh, where do you think, uh, do you think things are at? Do you think we're going to see hockey again? Let me start there. Obviously, um, we'll see it again, but do we see yeah, it? Yeah, like for, to finish the season. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to obviously try everything they can do. Um, I I don't know if they're going to – like how, how are you going to finish out the last 10 games or whatever, reg season, and then playoffs too? I don't know if they'll do that, but – I don't know. I, I could see them doing that, but I just – I don't know. It seems one, like that's their target, right? They want to get yeah. the seasoning, get those games, uh, get some the, revenue and the playoffs. out of them from the TV networks. And uh, yeah. obviously there's probably going to be no fans in those games and probably at least no playoff games. But, uh, you know, it's uh, – they got a lot of time on their hands at the end of the day, I guess. You know, pretty much when you break it down, the off season. It is two months, but the main guts of it, obviously, it's two months for the teams that win the, the team that wins the cup and the team that loses the cup. They pretty much get two months to rehab and all those yeah. injuries. But uh, the off season part of it, it's a bit different because the training, I mean, like the the draft and the free agency. Usually, the, the draft is you know it's a two day event. Um, you know, bang that's out, and then boom, you can go into free agency or the resigning period for teams yeah. to sign their players, and then. You know, a lot of majority of the players signed at least within like the first day or whatever, technically maybe the first week. And then it's usually a break between that. GMs go away, players go do their thing. And then mm -hmm. trades, um, you know, signings usually pick up before training camp starts. So, you know, if uh, it seems like this might go till at least July, but, you know, to kind of preview what we have on, we have Elaine Waugh on, who's an NHL agent, and he's a, a guest on our podcast today. So we kind of, touch on a lot of things with him about that but um but yeah like 
you know, it, it would be interesting to see. Like they, uh, we kind of touched on that this May 15th where teams can go back in their facilities. And from what I read, like your brother's here in Edmonton, he can go skate with the Oilers and any other NHL player that's here that doesn't play for the Oilers. All those guys can kind of skate together for a little bit and then until they get direction of going back to their their home cities. And Trudeau spoke today and he talked about, you know, if we're going to let these players in, they still got to do a quarantine period. So um, mm-hmm. I guess maybe do we see all these games happen in the States? And I know Edmonton's in that hub market and, you know, Toronto's been bandied about and same with Winnipeg, but uh, where do you think it stands? I think that it's just going to be easier. Everyone's talking, oh, Edmonton might be a place. But there's also places in the States that have, like, very little to, like, you know, obviously you hear all your cases, but that's kind of more Eastern, Western. And there's cities in the States that they can use. I I think it'll just be easier to get everyone to come to the U.S. because visa-wise, most – most players obviously play in the U.S. market, so they're going to have U.S. visas still. So I just think that, uh, I mean, maybe you do all the Canadian teams in Canada. in Canada, and then you bring them down to like it's just there's so many scenarios. It's I honestly think they should just say screw it and it's a wash and that's there's no champ, there's no nothing. Uh, season starts whenever the ju- draft is in June, and that's just how it is. I just think it should just be a wash because you're going to go through all this headache, have these guys come back, and what happens if a guy tests positive? Yeah, and that's a, that's to square one, and then yeah, what, you're going to wait another two months and this yeah. and that. No, yeah, yeah. A lot of it too is you know you got uh, the the concept and the feel of the season in my mind has changed. It's not going to make for great podcasting by us agreeing on the same thing i can kind of see why they're going to come back but in the grand scheme of things like it's just changed like all these guys all this time off today's day 53 of no nhl hockey consecutive Mm -hmm. days and a lot of these guys that were hurt the guys like markstrom tanev um you know you had Hedman, you had stamkos like jake muzzin was a lot of these guys are healthy look at the penguins they're supposed to be without Jake Gensel. What if this goes on for another month and all of a sudden Jake Gensel's able to play in the playoffs? He misses maybe the last seven or eight games or whatever, how many games the Penguins have, but he's good for playoffs. But he wasn't supposed to play in the playoffs. It just changes the everything. So obviously everyone's going to be healthy. I know Mark Giordano kind of said, oh, well, this will probably be the best playoffs ever, which I can understand. That's going to be that's, – that's, that's a good case. Obviously he plays and he knows. Yeah all that but uh you know i think it's it's tough because um yeah in my mind it's tough a lot of it i don't think it's really getting talked about is players that have immune systems you know you got like max domi who's got um he's diabetic um yeah you know you got phil kessel brian boyle who beat cancer uh, you got a couple other – there's probably guys that we don't even know who have other underlying health issues, let alone these coaches. And majority of these coaches in the NHL, they're over 50, and some of them will be over 60. So, yeah. you know, and then you got these trainers going around. And, you know, now if you're quarantining all those, you know, that maybe that's 50 people. And then, you know, I have a friend that works with the uh, Oilers organization. 
on the ice side of it. And he kind of just said, he's like, yeah, if this starts up, I'm away from my family for at least 40 to 50 days. And yeah. uh, his wife and his kids aren't happy about that. So, but that's his job. Well, so that's, he might, yeah. You know, you know, and how many other guys are going to be in that same boat where, you know, cause these guys, the media guys, the trainers, the uh, ice rink guys are all probably going to be quarantined, you know? And so they'll probably, if yeah. it's here in Edmonton, they're probably all at the hotel and, you know, so. But usually for, for playoffs, those guys are usually on the road for the whole thing anyways. Oh yeah. hundred percent. The media yeah. guys yeah. and all that. Yeah. But, yeah. You no, know, I hear you. It's, and you know, Drew Doughty's spoken out and uh, Philip Deneau's spoken out. Yeah. Doughty yeah. complains about everything though. Nah, that's not that. He's like, okay. he's like me, man. He's like me. He just hates everything. Yeah, he is a lot like you. But that also brings back to, you know, he uh, he has he's won everything. So he obviously, he's, yeah, he doesn't need to play. But at the end of the day, when you're looking for content out there, Drew Doughty's going to supply you with it. Oh so. yeah, and I see his point saying like, like I see where he's coming. His team wasn't going to make the playoffs. If I was him, I'd be shutting it down too. Yeah, or you're going to call me back. I'd be like, oh man, I tweaked my groin. Fuck those last eight games. Okay, yeah. let some young kid come up. Maybe they have expanded rosters. We talked to Lane Waugh about that a bit, but expanded rosters, you let those young kids play. Like guys like Dowdy and stuff, there's no point to to pressing them to play if they're if they weren't gonna make the playoffs already. And then they've been out for you said what, fifty some days. So Yeah, fifty days fit day fifty three today. So yeah. You have that, but you also have I see I see his point, but at the same time it's like yeah, you're getting, paid for, you're getting paid for 82 games. You should play your 82 if you're healthy. Yeah, and Philip Deneau spoke out. He just said, hey, I, I don't feel comfortable being away from my family. Now, these are two players that are on teams that are probably not making the playoffs, at least. You know, yeah. Canadians aren't – they're in a tough spot. But, you know, the, the LA Kings won seven in a row up to this point. But, you know, it's not, not like – they're still a ways back of catching it. But, uh, yeah. so now – Let's talk about something else. So with this going on and the board of governors meetings tomorrow, they're going to try the, it sounds like Gary Bettman and Bill Daly really want to do a draft. They need, the NHL need, there's someone, their eyes need to be on the NHL somewhere. There's no, yeah. it's not, a, it's not anywhere right now. It's just speculation. So the NHL needs something to do to rent it, to bring in some revenue. Now, obviously we saw what the NHL, what the NFL did on their draft. Now, do you think it's a good idea to go ahead with this draft, but knowing that you haven't canceled anything yet? I don't think so, but I think like how these teams are going to work out so many of these picks, it just, uh, you know, it just seems like it's too complicated right now. No, I would, I would have the draft when the draft is. They, um, yeah, obviously you're going to have towards issues the end of with, June. Yeah. You're going to have, obviously if they come back and play, you're going to have, Decisions to make with conditional picks uh, where teams finish in the playoffs, obviously, and that and this. But um, maybe you just – like, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. But anyways, I would just have the draft in June. And if you really want to know about a kid, I'm sure you can send a guy to go and check him out or a doctor. Or maybe they the NHL sets up one thing where they find these kids – they send a doctor from each city to go and check them out. And then each team gets a report from the prospects or whatever. Top yeah, runners, this is a deep right? draft too. This is a bad. It's, just, it's a good draft. Yeah, it's, it's really good. We touched on that in this interview with yeah. Elaine Wah, but in my mind, like I, 
this is like uh, almost like the 2015 draft. And that was a great draft. So, um, you know, and then again, you're not going to have everyone on the same page. It sounds like the GMs do not want to go ahead with this. So, um, you know, but I, it doesn't, but Drager, Darren Drager tweeted out that it doesn't sound like there needs to be an approval from the board of governors. It just sounds like Gary Bettman and Bill Daly can kind of just say, Hey, the draft is on June 5th and 6th or whatever it is. And that's what yeah. we'll do. Now, some of the picks, they probably can push them back a year. Um, you know, but uh, what does the Arizona Coyotes do if Taylor Hall doesn't sign? There's some good picks, you know, based into that. Yeah. That stuff trade, like that. Right. You know, yeah. so it's, uh, you know, you got the Lucic Neal trade and do it doesn't sound like they want to do compliance buyouts, the owners no. at least. So no, two guys maybe come back to their teams next year, and maybe that pick kind of goes into that equation where, you know, it doesn't get resolved this year, so maybe it gets resolved next year. But, uh, you know, I know there was some talk about the full of GMs of each team negotiating some kind of even settlement on some of these picks if – you know, that, that the NHL yeah. proved of. So, you know, get creative on these GMs if they can do that. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's – we're talking about, like – I mean, obviously there is going to be a trade where there's a conditional first or something if your team made the cup final. But most of it's conditional thirds, conditional fifth. You know, if, yeah. he, sign, yeah. if he signs, you get an extra third-round pick, which, I mean, yeah, the I NHL think, draft think... isn't – yeah, really I think, a big hit, right? Yeah, I think if Tyler Toffoli resigns with the Canucks, I think the Kings get a. I believe it's a third round pick, or maybe it's a yeah. Pick. And so, and so if that, he, if he does resign, then and you don't like oh, third round pick, you maybe just say, well, it's whatever. for the third. It's for that next year, I guess. Obviously, yeah. sucks, you know, so they got a they got a first round pick that's involved right now too. So, um, you know, I think the Islanders have another one involved. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so it's uh, now the draft order. Now that's another thing. What do you do? Do you just do it the way the season's ended out right now? And it's pretty much Detroit gets one and you just kind of go down. Well, I the- think, well, it'll be a lottery, right? And so what I think they would do is um, uh, way back when they had the Crosby draft. Yeah. And there was a lockout before. Yeah. I think, I think if I recall, they took this – Two or three years previous, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, with the Crosby thing, they just they took the two or three years previous, just where you finished, and that's kind of where your, your, I guess, your draft lotto position would be. So, I mean, Detroit's been brutal for a couple of years, so I would assume they'd still be, you know, first there, so they wouldn't get screwed out of those. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's so many scenarios and we could talk about this for hours yeah. i just think you just have the draft and whatever it, you are you finish where you are and if they play those last 10 games like i would think that they would play those those last 10 games before the draft that's my feeling yeah and if they don't and if they say screw it we're going to go by point percentage or whatever then i think you just say then i just think you just that's what it is that's where your spot is too bad yeah it'd be nice if they can finish the regular season before they do it but uh if they're talking about a june 5th and june 6th kind of draft that ain't gonna happen for sure so and see that's too early like what is is that when the draft was normally no i usually the last week like towards late yeah 
because then it's you like have the draft like and then two days, yeah man. yeah it's it's the draft it's a friday obviously it's the friday saturday and then you kind of have that week period where you know you can renegotiate and then the free mm. agents have that courting period so and then it just leads into july 1st and it's that long weekend yeah, yeah. it's it leads the long weekend of july 1st but usually yeah. the draft is the last weekend of june and then uh you know, so the cup's awarded. Yeah, so, like, if they're having a June 5th, 6th, that's too early. I think end of June. They should just leave it where it is. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Obviously, you got to go ahead with it. But uh, yeah. I think this, if they leave it to where it is, it gives them enough time. Um, they can plan things for this virtual draft. It, it definitely sounds like we're going to see another virtual draft, um, you know. so, so <laughs> Or maybe, maybe shit gets crazy. I'll just throw yeah. this out. Maybe they go and... Uh, they say, you know what, we're not going to have a draft this year, and next year is a double draft year. Can you imagine the, the they're, first they're, round depth in that? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Merrick threw an idea. Oh, it wasn't for the NHL draft, but he talked about uh, you know stuff for you know, Ontario. You know, with those yeah. kids, kids there. It's just you know, it's uh, obviously Ontario pumps out a lot of kids, so it's more like their 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 draft for their kids. Uh, thinking about that, which was in the I don't know, really bad idea. But um, it, it, it uh, you know, it'd be loaded. Obviously, you're going to, you know, it, it's, this draft is deep. So we'll see. You know, they have options. I'm sure they're thinking of as many different things as they possibly can because they need to. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, so we'll finish up on that. We'll um, keep this uh, short. We'll be back next week with another podcast. We'll be having on um, – Alexander Petrovich, your brother, and we'll have uh, yeah. Brendan Ranford, um, uh, who's uh, who's a former uh, he's drafted by the Flyers. Uh, he's played some pro hockey too. Obviously, the nephew of Bill Ranford. So we'll get some yeah. good stories uh, from him. He's won and the uh, he won the Calder Cup in the AHL. So Calder Cup. He played uh, Kamloops WHL. Yeah, no, he's had a pretty good career. Uh, uh, solid. Yeah, like you said, his uncle's Bill Ranford. So. Yeah, we we'll get some stories from your uh, from your brother. We haven't had him on since he signed with the Providence Bruins, so I'm sure he'll have some good stories about that. Yeah, he just had a kid, so he'll be happy to get away for a few. Yeah, so talk, talk hockey. So yeah, so we'll we'll have that uh, drop in next week, and then um, yeah, we'll uh, pretty much just finish up on that, and we'll get to the Elaine Law interview. If it's done right the first time, you don't have to redo it. If you get Pete's concrete to pour your driveway, you don't need a repeat. When your patio is a PDO, you don't need a repeat. When Pete's concrete fixes your sidewalk, all it takes is once. You don't need a repeat. And if your basement leaks, a Pete's repair helps avoid a repeat. Get it done right the first time with the colors and textures you want so you don't have to redo it. For concrete, you can choose Pete's or repeats. Pete's concrete. All right, we are now joined by the president of RSG Hockey, Elaine Law. Elaine, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? We're good. I'm doing good. Just uh, just relaxing here on Sunday. Yeah, Petra. Yeah. Petra, you're good too? Yeah, just doing some bathroom renovations, so those are always fun. Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to get away from that for a bit. Yeah. Every day every day's Sunday for the last couple months, so it's uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it has been, so... So with uh, with all this kind of going on, uh, Al, how's uh, how's things been different for you on this front, and 
how uh, how much are you in contact with all your clients right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a uh, you know a, an adjustment for us as far as like being an agent and what you do for your players. Uh, I mean, with everybody basically being stuck at home, uh, training has changed a little bit for our guys. Uh, you know, skill development or keep trying to stay sharp uh, skill wise is a little different. Uh, so we have uh, in the last two months we've put together some uh, at-home workout programs with different trainers. Uh, we actually have a, a mental resiliency coach that uh, does a session for our guys every every Saturday. Some of the guys who want to use that. Uh, we have put together a uh, an esport tournament last week for charity to help the ECHL fund and the uh, and the, the frontline workers uh, uh, fund GoFundMe campaign. So we have been super busy, uh, basically trying to win, reinvent how important uh, of a role we need to play for our guys. And, and in, in this whole process, just keeping everybody informed is probably half the job. You know, and I, I try to send an email uh, to all of our uh, pro clients at least once a week just to give them an update because I do talk to a lot of GMs, assistant GMs, but also I talk to the union every couple of days. Uh, just to find out kind of what's going on on, on that side of things too. So uh, for us, it's been, uh, it's a little unnerving for some guys, especially guys who are going to become free agents uh, yeah. as to, you know, what's going to happen uh, with the rest of this season and next season. And even guys wanting to go to Europe, you know, there's all that talk of, uh, you know, I, I know that DL just shut down signing guys until June 30th. So teams can kind of catch their breath and figure out what they're doing financially and, there could be some teams uh, financially that can't play. You know, I heard a rumor yesterday in the KHL that they may have to play with eight teams in the KHL based on some of the company finances going on there. So it's, uh, yeah. And, and on top of that, we get the draft coming up. Now we don't know for sure. Is it going to be the first week of June? Is it going to be at the end of June or is it going to be in October? Uh, so we found innovative ways of uh, doing stuff that other agencies aren't doing where, you know, we're doing advanced stats and advanced videos for all of our guys, putting it out to social media, getting it to GMs, assistant GMs and scouts, setting up Zoom meetings for our guys with the teams. So it's been, it's actually been super busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine, obviously you're uh, everyone trying to get as much information out of you. Um, kind of with uh, the season coming up here, I know there's a lot of talk about these hub cities and whatnot. How do you, your clients feel about playing at hub cities? Um, right yeah, now? like across the board, you know, it, it seems like most of the guys that I talk to that are on uh, Stanley Cup contention teams are, are feeling strongly that they want to play because they want to win a Stanley Cup. And that's, that's the hockey player yeah. in, every, in every one of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the question is going to be the logistics. And, uh, you know, one big issue is testing and making sure that everybody's safe. And um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I have not heard a concrete plan around that. Um, I think anybody uh, who is being told, hey, we could play, but you may have to be quarantined from your family uh, two months plus probably doesn't feel so great about that because we all have families that we love and we want to be around them. So I think if there's a way that they could, uh, quarantine players and staff in one hotel, be able to seal that off and, you know, have uh, broadcast games, TV broadcast games, and then let those people maybe go home for a few days and then come back and test them again. I think that would be the ideal situation. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but again, it's, it's the, how accurate is the testing? How quick is the testing? You know, if you have a quick uh, 
less than 24 hour turnaround in the testing that's probably possible but if people don't feel comfortable about the testing then then that idea kind of goes out the window also yeah exactly um with uh you know worst case scenario somehow we don't play um you know there's a lot of talk about the escrow um do you think there's a way to make sure the escrow is not a big hit for the guys next year if they if they don't finish this season out or is there a way that no matter what we face that yeah i mean be let's high face it whether we play or not, uh, this this virus it will it will cause some financial havoc for all NHL teams. But you know, for once, uh, both sides are affected the same. You know, the owners and and the players. So I'm confident that Don and and, and Gary and uh, and their people will be able to negotiate something going forward that will be fair for both sides because uh, the owners are going to be hurting. Uh, you, you hear of some teams that you know. Or, or, you know, because a lot of these owners have other businesses and, and a lot of them are financially strapped or uh, cash flows completely stopped for some of these people. And on the player side, escrow is a big concern. Nobody wants to play for 30% value of your contract. You know, I mean, I, I think there's going to have to be, there's going to have to be some negotiations and, you know, is it going to be a flat cap? Is it going to be a, a, a negotiated flat escrow? I have no idea at this point, but uh, I think if you, if both sides, you know, realize that they you know they both have a lot to lose by us not playing uh, i do think there's a solution there yeah it do, feels like yeah go ahead right yeah. no i was just gonna ask just on that point do you think that if they don't play do you think the owners and the players might get together and just kind of just kind of call this season a wash like not worry about revenues no stanley cup champion it's an anomaly and they just kind of start fresh with the the draft and then they just start the new season or do you think they're still going to kind of press to have the revenues involved with the, with the, yeah, I guess, the I, cap and all that? I get the sense that on the league side, Gary and the teams and the owners, I, I, I do think they feel very strongly that they want to finish this season. And uh, part of it obviously has to do with the, the TV revenue and, and the upcoming new TV contract, which uh, if you don't play – uh, then that's, that doesn't bode well for the next negotiation because you're giving them a lot of leverage by, by not playing, you know? Uh, yeah. So I think for, you know, for the, for the game as a whole, because I think the, the TV contract is also very important for the player side. Um, I think everybody's trying to find a solution, you know, a way for us to play, but uh, I don't know that uh, there's an easy solution there yet. The one thing that we have going for us is, baseball and likely football kind of have to go ahead of us and figure something out before we do, you know, as far as next season goes. Mm -hmm. So especially baseball right now, everybody's sitting idle. Uh, So, you know, we may get some ideas or or parts of our solution from, from those sports. Yeah. Do you feel like it, um, you know, it wouldn't be a big issue if we start, you know, early July and go into September. You don't think that would be an issue at all. And then that would, the idea of starting the season in December of the following season coming up, do you think that's something that uh, is a good option right now? Yeah, I think everybody, everyone's trying to wrap their head around that. Uh, I I mean, obviously we we have no choice because we got to go with what the medical people and and, and the governments are going to tell us we can and can't do. Um, but I mean, there's, there's issues there too. You know, if, if we decide to start playing in July and August and, uh, for, to finish the playoffs and a lot of European players went home and their visas expired, well, how do you get them back? You know, and that's, there's a lot of, you know, red tape and, and details that maybe people haven't discussed or thought about that's going to come into play. 
And, uh, you know, are, are we, are we going to have expanded rosters? I would assume so, uh, especially if the American league is not playing, you know, probably teams would be able to carry 30 plus guys just to make sure if there's any injuries that they have enough players. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of logistics to be figured out, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it would be the end of the world if we ended up with those dates to try to finish up this year and then start either in November or December for the 2021 season. Um, it's not ideal, yeah. especially for guys who are out of the playoffs. I mean, some of these guys will have been at home for eight to 10 months, uh, you know, and then training. And that's, uh, and some of the older players, you know, I, I, we saw it in the last uh, stoppage of play. Uh, some guys who thought they had maybe a year or two left in the tank ended up just retiring because we didn't play for so long and that was it. They weren't, you know, it's, it's a little tougher for a guy who's 37 plus to come back than, than a guy who's 27, you know, yeah. and that's, uh, yeah. those are all factors. So with the board of governors meeting tomorrow, um, is there anything that you think big might come out of this? Um, you know, would there be a confirm on the draft or? Or is it just kind of be a bit more some news yeah, here and there I'm, for tomorrow's? Uh, I'm hoping we get an answer on the draft tomorrow uh, from that meeting, especially if it's in early June, because everyone's going to start preparing. You know, we, we have all of our players prepared and we've been promoting our players all season. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a mad scramble if it's first part of June, if some of these teams have not interviewed a lot of these players. So they're going to, they're going to, that's going to be a busy next two or three weeks. Uh, so that part, I'm hoping we get some kind of a concrete answer. Um, and I think all the other stuff, uh, both sides are at the mercy of the medical community and, and, and what the government's going to be allowing and not allowed to do. Uh, you saw that, uh, that May 15th kind of soft you know, deadline for a, if players want to go and, and start training in small groups with their teams. But again, that's not mandatory. You guys can do it if they want to or not. So that date doesn't really mean a lot, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm talking to some of my players in Sweden and, you know, Sweden's one of those countries who did nothing uh, as far as changing how they live their lives. And, uh, you know, they sound like maybe that the SHL may start close to on time, you know, that they may, they may have a regular season, uh, Germany and Switzerland. Uh, I, th I think the talk over there is maybe pushing things off by about a month, maybe starting in October instead of September. Uh, so it's, it's interesting just to hear what the mindset is around the world because we, you know, we're so focused on Canada, U.S., uh, but when you, when you see that happening, then you're like, okay, maybe I'm a little more optimistic. You know, they're going to start some team training in, in some of these European countries in the next two weeks, and I guess we'll see how that goes. Petro, you got some stuff on the draft there? Yeah, I was just, uh, just wanted to talk about the, well, the upcoming draft is – you had mentioned earlier that you're kind of doing some analytics, um, some videos and stuff to get ready for the GMs. Do you think that the, with, I must, I'm going to assume the draft is going to be pushed later. That's just my personal thing. Do you think that they'll still do a live draft or do you think it's something they'll do like NFL where they'll do just have a guy announce the picks or is it too early to yeah, tell you? I, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. If it's early June, then they're going to have to scramble to produce something like the NFL, because I think the NFL, you know, put quite a bit of time and effort into theirs, but I would expect something similar, which it would be broadcast. It would be uh, online and, and likely broadcast on TV and, uh, and feature probably just the first, the first few picks, you know, I don't yeah. know that it would be as elaborate as the NFL one, but that's what mm -hmm. I would expect. 
something like that, a, a lesser version of the NFL. Yeah. 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 The NFL is pretty, obviously yeah. it's so important to every round, but no, that's and, cool. And, I, and to your point about, uh, is it going to get pushed back? Like I'm getting a sense from, and scouts that they kind of want it in June because they've done their work and like just yeah. waiting, you know, if you wait all the way till October, then you're adding, you know, July, August, I mean, why, you know, like uh, yeah. you're just sitting there, you already have all the information in front of you. So you're just holding off on announcing who you're going to pick for three more months, basically. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking too, is most of the work is probably put in, in the season. Mm -hmm. And these guys, yeah, they, they kind of know, obviously you can do online interviews or maybe some medicals if you really want to look at a guy, but yeah, yeah, I I think like you said, June would still probably be good if they can kind of scramble and get something like NFL style. I yeah, they got to figure the out the, but they got they got to figure out the draft order uh, and the lottery. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah. So they'd they'd have to come up with a formula that's different than any other year, just you know, just to keep yeah. it fair. And yeah. you know how it works. Like some teams, no matter what happens, some teams are going to say it wasn't fair. <laughs> oh, exactly. Because hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, go ahead, Bosco. Uh, so going into the draft, how many clients do you guys have that are in going to be in this year's draft? Uh, right I now? expect uh, probably I'd say fifteen to twenty picks somewhere around there. Um, we, you know, this is a big draft for us. Uh, we we have worldwide about about thirty clients that are eligible, and uh, we got some good some good early picks actually. Uh, Caden Gooley was a local, a local guy for you guys. You know, yeah, sure Alberta, yeah. His brother's uh, uh, yeah. plays with the ducks. Yeah. And then, uh, Jeremy Poirier who plays for St. John is also ranked in the first round. And then, you know, like out of the Western league, we got that Simon Canuck, a Swiss player in Portland. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've got Gage Goncalves and Everett, uh, Simon Kubitschek in Seattle, a very good defenseman. Yeah. This is, uh, this is an interesting draft for us. I think we, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I know that when you talk to teams, it's a strong draft, especially the first round. There's a lot yeah, of it definitely looks like it too. And uh, you obviously got a lot of a lot of clients that are out of Sweden. I mean, out of Switzerland. Uh, Nico Heischer is obviously your your first overall pick that you had. Um, what kind of got you into that market there? Um, you know, getting a lot of those clients because it seems like you have quite a few going in the NHL. Obviously. Uh, yeah, with, uh, yeah. I, I have a, a really good uh, Swiss partner there named uh, Gaetan Boissard. This company is called The Six, and I'd say that they're, they're the top agency in Switzerland. So we have an exclusive uh, exclusivity deal between us, you know, that we, we work with each other on, on all these clients. So usually when he's recruiting a top-end guy like Nico, I'll fly over, we'll meet with the player together, and then that way the player knows that he's taken care of globally in, in every possible way. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good marriage for sure. And uh, yeah, we got some good guys. We got Jonas Siegenthaler, the defenseman in uh, Washington, another one of those Swiss guys, and Nico and Gilles Sen, the goalie in uh, New Jersey. And yeah, Switzerland's been a good uh, good market for us for sure. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, you know, producing a lot of players um, lately here too. And I know Petra want to touch on one, but he's uh, from Sweden. Uh, just got signed just recently by the Canucks. Yeah, uh, Nils Hoglander, I think is how you say it. Yes, sir. Yeah, Nils, yes. uh, he's a special player, and he, he got on the radar heavily uh, during the World Juniors because uh, yeah. Nils likes to do fun stuff. And uh, he, he's a very interesting kid. You know, like he, he grew up uh, 10 hours north of Stockholm. So basically, if you, if you take a straight shot 
north of Stockholm and you keep driving for 10 hours, you, you pretty much get almost to the North Pole. Uh, huh. That's where he's from. So there's a lot of ice fishing, a lot of snowmobiling, uh, yeah. but, but great kid and has a, uh, has a lot of fun playing the game, as you can tell by some of the stuff that he likes to do, but mm -hmm. has like a, co a confidence to his game that is different than a lot of other guys. It's not like a, it's not like a cockiness. It's, it's almost like a, you know, I have so much fun doing this stuff that I'm, I'm going to try every kind of new move that I want to, you know, it's not, not that he thinks he's better than anybody else. He's just, he just exactly. Has that, yeah. Well, he's, that that's what I was going to touch on him. He's so, no, he just, he can do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, the skill he has, I just find is unreal. And I, yeah. I just think Vancouver got a steal there in the second round, but yeah, I know yeah, he's, he's, he's one to watch for sure. And he's, uh, he's not the biggest guy, super strong. I don't know if you guys saw some of the video we put up there in his draft year where he's on the unicycle, uh, doing the unicycle and juggling at the same time and some of his training. And he's definitely, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's definitely an unusual uh, kid that's, uh, you know, that, I like that. It's, it's refreshing. He's different. And he approaches the game differently than, than some other guys. So I'm excited to see how he does over here. I mean, it's an adjustment. There's no guarantees that he's going right to the NHL. You know, like I, I, I think he's, you know, he's going to have to come, come over here and get used to the smaller rink. The yeah. NHL style of play, but uh, but I have uh, I, I have high hopes on this kid. What, what yeah. kind of player would you compare him to uh, for people that might not know um, what what he's all about? Is there a player that comes that off the top of the head that you would be like, hey, he reminds me of that player? Uh, you know what? The, I like the the bring cat uh, in Chicago, like you know, okay. smaller, like like like. These guys are smaller, but like they're built like fire hydrants. You know, they're, they're super strong, uh, mm -hmm. but they're just a little shorter because uh, he can he can score too. He can make plays. Uh, he's you know he's got he's got good hands. Wins a lot of one on one battles. Uh, he's got that you know the, the, the huge legs and the, the strong core. So he's very he's very strong on pucks in the corners and stuff. Um, you know. It, He's uh, honestly like he's a bit of an unusual player. It's it's hard to to find like one comparable because he's got skill, but he plays a pretty like a, a pretty dirty game still. You know, like he, he's not afraid to go to the danger areas and and battle for pucks and get his nose dirty. Yeah, it's good. like a smaller Peter Forsberg almost. Yeah, and, likes and, likes I mean, the and physical and he's got the skill. And that's a hell of a name too compare anybody to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. but uh but i'm yeah, not thing of comparisons but <laughs> but peter what, what peter was a knight and uh but he was super strong on fox like you, you could not get yeah. away from that guy you know yeah mm -hmm. so i uh, read on twitter probably a couple months back i don't know you could tell me if this is true but uh, do you guys represent more goaltenders out of any agency in the nhl uh right now we, we do we do. We have the most goalies in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And how many would that be? Obviously, Carter Hart is one of your guys' players. I want to kind of get into some of the clients that I think don't get talked yeah. about enough. You, you obviously got a, quite a few of them are having a breakout, breakout year. But uh, yeah, we uh, got want... uh, 16, I think 16 NHL contracted goalies that, that have been signed by NHL teams this, in the last year. Uh, yeah. Some of our bigger names like Ben Bishop, uh, Jake Allen, Carter. Philip Grubauer, uh, Keith Kincaid, Anthony Stolarz, 
uh, you know, we, we got some good, some good guys there. And then, then we got some guys just about to break through like uh, Maxime Legacy, who was in Boston last year and uh, as yeah. number three and, and had, a, had a great year stats wise. Um, you know, Jake had a great bounce back year. His numbers were out of this world this year. And it's too bad the season got cut short. Yeah. And exactly. of course, you know, Bish is always a, Vezina finalist, are they ever going to let him win it? I don't know. <laughs> he should. He should. <laughs> uh, um, also, yeah, you have Joseph Wall, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Wally, uh, Wally's a great kid and uh, great temperament. Uh, you know, a bit of an adjustment is uh, first AHL season. But also, uh, I, the Marlies had a bit of a different team this year. I think uh, I saw quite a few games where he was facing 40-plus 40, 40 shots and uh, you know, and, and for I'm sure if you ask most goalies who play in the NHL, uh, you know, is it easier to play in the NHL or the American League? Uh, they will tell you in a way it's tougher to play in the American League, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a different schedule. It's a little more scrambly. Uh, you know, you get those three and threes. You never want to be a guy at a Sunday three and three game. No, no. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, and, and I think the, the in-depth fan understands that, but I think a lot of casual fans that just look at the stats are like, well, why, why is this guy's average so high in the American league? Well, go watch a, go watch a, a third game in three days on a Sunday. You'll know why it's, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. Guys are skating in quicksand and there's mistakes all over the ice. And usually the goalies end up paying the price for that. Yeah. So it's, uh, so, yeah. So kind of go back to Jake Allen, obviously uh, he's with you. You see him almost pretty much almost every home game because you're based in St. Louis also. So, um, what do you think went to his uh, his return this year? Um, you know, I don't even think he had a bad year last year anyways, but that's just my opinion. But what do you think uh, was big for him yeah, this year to kind of get back to, you know, those great numbers that he's Jake, had before? Uh, and I'm with you. Like, I don't think he had – I don't think he's had a, an off year since he's been in the NHL. Uh, but I, I think Jake put a real focus on the mental side of the game uh, in the last couple of years. And uh, to me, appears a lot sharper in that sense. Uh, and it's not an easy position, you know, it's like a quarterback in football or a pitcher in baseball. And, uh, a lot of pressure falls upon that player, uh, during a game. And, uh, some guys handle it differently than others, but I, I do think that, uh, Jake, I think changed his approach and maybe kind of refreshed his mind a little bit and uh, it definitely paid off this year. Cause you could tell he was, he was in the zone in most of the games that he played this year. Yeah, and he had a lot of road games too, which I think is also harder. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and his record record away from uh, from from St. Louis was also great too. But uh, kind of transition into Carter Hart, where his home record with the Flyers, I think he's had a great year. Um, you know, I think uh, he's been their MVP to getting back to where they need to get back to as a team. So I just want to talk about him and what kind of player he's like. Yeah, he's, kind of person I mean, he's, he's a very like mature young man. Uh, he's still very young, especially for a goalie. Uh, you know, but again, very a professional approach to the game, uh, you know, pays attention to details, consistent approach to his game. And, uh, you know, again, I thought he had a great year. Like every young goalie, he had his little dips here and there, which, which will happen. Um, and, you know, I, I think sometimes people don't take stuff into account. Like when you're a young player and you're going to play, you know, on the road and maybe you're around, uh, a lot of your family or friends for the first time and everybody's coming to the games and they're calling you for tickets and all that stuff plays a role, uh, yeah. especially in a player's first two years in the league uh, as far as affecting their performance. And, you know, as you 
are around the league longer, you realize, okay, I, I know how to handle this situation, that situation. So, so I, you know, uh, overall, I, I think uh, Carter is, is tracking the way that he should be. Uh, he's been, he's been great. Uh, you know, it's not an easy market to play in in Philly. And he seems to have handled that pressure very well. Uh, and, you know, to me, it's, uh, it's all a matter of, you know, just him keeping on his, uh, his consistent uh, routine and discipline, which he's a very disciplined kid, uh, that, you know, I, I think he's only going to keep getting better. Yeah, no, exactly. I think the, this guy could be a future Team Canada goaltender too, uh, you know, in, in any Olympics or any World Cup of hockey um, stuff too. So what what kind of guys he to deal with um, away from the rink? Obviously, I know a story from the Brick Tournament last year where he was interacting with the young kid. The kid really liked yeah. him. Carter went back to his vehicle in the parking lot and went to grab a goalie stick, signed it for the kid, and just made his day. And it was one of the yeah. greatest things to see. Um, yeah, he, he is. Uh, if like anything, we have to as, slow as, him down on that stuff, and because uh, he's always wanting to help, and he's done he's done a lot of stuff for autism. Uh, and then there's a school for the blind in, in Philly that he's done a lot of stuff for. Also, he's always putting himself out there to do these things, and an NHL season sometimes is taxing for guys, so. Uh, he's got to remind himself to, you know, he's got to rest and he's got to, you know, because hockey is first. Uh, but yeah, amazing kid, amazing, really good family. Uh, you know, I, I think his parents kind of raised him to appreciate the position he's in right now. And, and he's been very humble, uh, but also very, uh, very giving. And uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. You know, like he's, he's actually a really, really good person and, and uh, you know, becoming a, a very, uh, very good uh, young man. Yeah, he uh, definitely awesome. is. De yeah, uh, Petra, you got some any anything else uh, you want to add? Or, uh... <clears throat> no, um, pretty much covered most of it. Went through the clients and what the kind of plans were for the future. But uh, I, I'm good for now. If okay. you guys got, I anything. got, I got, I got one more. We'll finish up with this one. Um, it's uh, Ryan Graves in Colorado. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. a great year he's having, uh, breakout year. Yeah. Um, tell us about him. He's uh, obviously leads the NHL plus uh, in, in plus minus. So yeah, it was uh, a huge part, huge part of Kale McCarr's uh, on his left great, side. Great too. story. Uh, and, and I've known Gravy for a long time because he's a Maritimer like, like myself, originally from Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. And, uh, you know, he, he's a big D-man that got to the American League and took a little while to find his spot. Uh, was with the Rangers, and they traded him for that Chris Bigris, who was a second-round pick in Colorado. Uh, I think the guy who really pushed for that trade in Colorado was uh, Chris McFarland, who's the assistant GM there. And, uh, again, another guy who put a lot of time into the mental side of the game in the last two years. And we, we have, a, we have a, a, a person that we use within our company uh, to help our guys in, in that sense, and he's done an unbelievable job for, uh, for guys like, uh, like Gravy. And, uh, and Gravy has made that step now. He's a regular NHLer. Uh, I mean, he's got a hammer of a shot. I don't know if you've seen any of his, yeah, oh his yeah. goals yeah, this yeah. year. I've watched oh, him yeah. a lot this year. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's first, he's first out, out there on the PK. But uh, offensively, you know, they have such a gifted team offensively from the back end in Colorado that getting those offensive minutes are not easy for, for a defenseman. But I, I like him with McCarr. I think they've been a really good pair. And, uh, I hope that keeps going because that's a pretty darn good player to play with also. hundred oh, percent. Obviously they both yeah. complement each other. So, yeah. um, all right, we'll finish up. If um, just for anyone that listening and have kids coming out through the system, 
Um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, uh, Al? What's the best way to get yeah. in contact with you? And probably go to our website. We have contact info there, uh, which is rsghockey.com. And uh, that's, uh, you know, you can kind of see what we do there and who our clients are and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the easiest way to do it. Perfect. All right. Well, we appreciate your time here on Sunday afternoon. And uh, thanks again. Uh, no all the best to you and your family. We'll stay in touch here. Thank you. And good luck with the, uh, the bathroom renovation there at Petra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish uh, talking to you was just as easy as doing the rental, but it's all good. But thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, have a good right. weekend. Take Bye. care. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye-bye. When you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. This interview is brought to you by Ball Hockey Edmonton. Ball Hockey Edmonton is the largest and fastest growing ball hockey league in Canada. BHE was started 30 plus years ago. BHE is also home of the back-to-back 2017 and 2018 CBHA Men's National Champions, the Edmonton Savages. The Edmonton Savages were started many years ago by Matthew Louis. The Edmonton Savages captain is 2002 LA Kings draft pick Joel Andreessen. For more information about Ball Hockey Edmonton, you can find their website out at bhe1.ca. That's bhe1.ca. And tell them that the Two Mutts podcast sent you for more information.